Hello everybody, it's Melissa. Welcome back to another episode. I oh, I have a story for you guys today. First of all, man, life is wild right now. Absolutely insane. We found out that we have to be out of our house that we're selling earlier than we thought we were going to have to be out. And the house that we are moving into isn't going to be ready for us to move in. Uh, as in the people are still living in it. <laughs> it won't be vacant until about three weeks, at least three weeks, maybe a little more after we need to move out of our house. So that's been fun trying to figure out how to navigate this little situation. Uh, you know, if it was just us humans, that would be a little bit less tricky. Um, you know, of course, there's still the issue of us having to move all of our stuff into storage and then having to move it again out of storage into the new place, which is really just annoying um, and expensive because we use movers because I'm not, I'm no, I'm 42. I'm not moving my entire house of stuff and none of my friends want to do that for me. So like the last few times I've moved, I've hired movers and it's worth every single cent, uh, to let someone else move your stuff. But either way, still annoying that we have to move our stuff twice and that we have to pay to move our stuff twice. Cause it's not cheap. Uh, but there is the issue of, you know, we have animals. We have two dogs, which is less tricky, but they're two big dogs. They're two big old pit bulls. And it's like, it's not like a little dog you can just carry around with you. And uh, then we have the two pigs. And I don't even know what we're going to do with our rooster. So, um, yeah, that's been a fun situation to be dealing with this week on top of just the, the daily life stressors, you know? So uh, it's great though it's fine I'm doing fine really <laughs> um no I am I'm I'm fine I'm just trying to keep things in perspective and not get too stressed out which is hard because of all of these changes and all of the uncertainties and that really uh rubs my autism the wrong way and um yeah, I'm actually, I'm feeling some kind of way the past couple of days, but I can't really pinpoint how I'm exactly feeling. So that's that pesky, uh, you know, autism trait where sometimes you're just like, uh, I feel everything and nothing right now at the same time. And I can't really pinpoint what's happening in my body or brain. I know I'm having feelings and I know like stuff's happening, but what is it? I can't really name it. I sort of feel like I want to hysterically laugh, but also hysterically cry, but also just stare at the wall. So that's where I'm at, in case you were wondering. That's a little life update for you guys. Everything will work out. Here's my positive side coming out. Everything will work out. It will. Ultimately, we'll be in our new house and we'll be settled. It's just getting from here to there, from point A to point B. That's all the in-between that's that's stressing me out, but I'm trying to keep my, um, I'm trying to keep myself focused on the outcome that will eventually be our reality and all of this will be behind us. So it's fine. And this is a very first world problem. And it really, I do try and put things in perspective carefully because my therapist has warned me about, um, cause I do tend to be like, oh, it could be worse. And then I don't allow myself to be upset or stressed about anything without feeling guilty about it because I am like, oh, well, there's people who don't even have homes, which is what I've been doing to myself. Where I'm like, I have, you know, this is fine. This is just a speed bump. We're very lucky we're even getting, we have a home or that we're getting to purchase a home. And some people never get to purchase a home. And, you know, which is true. I mean, it's, it's good to keep things in perspective that way and practice gratitude in that way. But then you got to be careful that you don't um, use that as a tool to just sort of like not feel your feelings ever. So things I learned in therapy or things I'm learning in therapy. Uh, so I'm just trying to I'm trying to keep a balance between gratitude and allowing myself to feel things when I even know what I'm feeling anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's not what I'm talking about today though. And we're not talking about feelings or gratitude or therapy. Um, we're talking once again about how, uh, 
gosh dang weird I am and awkward and you know I keep just wanting to embrace it (laughs) I really do I really want to embrace it and just be like yeah this is how I am but sometimes I just still get really hard on myself and I'm gonna tell you guys a story about a thing that happened the other day and I think a lot of you might relate um I so my daughter was invited over to a friend's house for a sleepover I'll just start by saying that I've never been great at talking to parents of other kids. I've been a mom a long time. I've been a mom for 25 years. My oldest kid is 25 and my younger one is 13. So this has been many, many, many years of parenting. I've had time to practice this and I'm still not good at if anything I think I'm worse at it I think I'm just getting worse at it at talking to other people's other kids parents what is it about talking to other parents that is hard for me I don't know you would think that we would have stuff in common because we're all parents but I mean I think just it's not just parents it's talking to people in general you know it's that's always hard maybe the difference is is that I kind of I have more of a desire to be able to talk to other parents because you look around and you see other parents having that camaraderie with each other and it seems like a thing that should be attainable or that maybe um I should desire to have if not for my own sake but for the sake of my children even like oh, I want to be the mom who like knows the other, do, wait, I don't know if I do, but this is just like a passing thought. Oh, I want to be the mom who knows the other moms and like everyone gets together and their kids get together and all that's never been me. That's never, 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 never been me. Um, and I do, I do sometimes feel bad that I'm not that mom. And, uh, as hard as I try, I dang it, I just can't get the hang of it. Um, so anyway, my back to the story. Sorry, so many tangents today. You can tell my brain is in like a million places at once right now. So I'm trying to reel in the ADHD portion of my brain and just focus. So let's go on with the story here. So my daughter got invited to a friend's house for a sleepover. This friend um, is a is the daughter of my ex-husband okay my ex-husband and his new partner not new partner my my daughter's stepmom essentially are friends with this girl's parents so they're all friends my ex-husband and daughter's stepmom have no problem talking to other parents and being friends with other parents. And when my daughter goes over there, she gets that experience. She gets the experience of like, oh, my parents at this house have friends and they have people over and there's barbecues and there's things happening and we're going places to watch football and we're doing this and we're doing that and there's other kids there and they're my age and it's a fun time. And then she comes here and it's literally just me and her sitting in the house and Gray, if Gray's home, uh, just sitting here, the three of us just like not just introverting hard. And it's like, it's such a dichotomy. So anyway, the parents of this girl are friends with, uh, Danica's other set of parents, essentially. We'll just put it that way. So, um, this, this girl wanted to have Danica over, but over the weekend, this past weekend, and, uh, it was Danica's weekend with me. And so Danica came in and was like, Hey, uh, I don't want to say her name. We'll just call her Sarah. Sarah wants to have me over for a sleepover. And I was like, oh, cool. And I've met this girl a couple times. Um, her and Danica used to do jujitsu together and her parents do jujitsu. So I've met them briefly, like in passing when I was taking Danica to classes back. This is before COVID. So this is a long time ago. This was probably like three years ago that I initially like met these people, but just in passing, just an introduction, like, oh, you must be Danica's mom. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And like, that's that. So, um, so that's the extent of my introduction to these people or my knowledge about these people or whatever. Um, but I do know that they're good people and they're good friends of, of the other set of parents and everything. And the kids seem very nice. And so I, 
I'm a little weird about sleepovers because I always worry about like, you know, I just, I don't know. It's, I worry about everything. So this isn't anything against these people in particular, but like, I worry about sending my child to someone else's house to be taken care of by someone else. Um, if I don't know that person really well, especially so, but, uh, I trust the judgment of the other set of parents in this situation. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's, they're great. Um, yeah, we have no problem with her staying there. And I'm like, cool. So I'm like, sure. Sleepover plans activated. So the next day is the day that I'm to bring my daughter to this family's house for the sleepover. And so the entire morning, so this is where we start getting into my awkwardness. (laughs) Here it comes. So the entire morning, I'm planning in my head. I'm scripting hard. And it's so funny because this is something I've always done, but I didn't really notice that I did it until I started suspecting that I was autistic and learned that this is a thing that autistic people do. And I'm like, oh, wait, I do that. And now that I know, like, you you know, when someone points something out to you that you do and you're like, like, if it's something that people can see, they're like, oh, you always do this thing with your hand. And I'm like, I do. And then all of a sudden you notice every time you do it and you're like, oh my God, I do do that a lot. Um, that's kind of like this. This is like my internal version of that where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much I try and pre-plan and script scenarios in my head before they happen. So this is what was happening that morning. It was the entire morning. I was supposed to bring her over at one o'clock. And up to this point too, I'm texting back and forth with this girl's mom. And even the text messaging is hard for me where I'm like, should I put a smiley face? Am I putting too many smiley faces? If I don't put one, do I sound rude? Like, should I use an exclamation point here? Does it sound like I'm yelling? Like all of the overthinking about how is the right way to communicate with this woman, right? Um, And then the scripting starts happening and I'm trying to imagine every single scenario in my head of like, what if this happens? Okay, what's, what's the protocol? Like, what's the protocol for dropping off your 13 year old at a sleepover? Because that's another thing about being a parent is like, as your kids grow and go through different developmental stages, the rules change about how you interact not only with them, but with their friends and the parents of their friends Like, eventually, she'll get to an age where I don't really go and meet the parents. I just, you know what I mean? Like, whereas when she was little, little, it's like I wouldn't have dropped her off with someone who I didn't really know. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's these different stages and the expectations are changing. And so I'm like, okay, she's 13. What, what's the protocol here with the drop off? Am I expected to walk her to the door. I kind of wanted to walk her to the door because I wanted to like just have a face-to-face moment with at least one of the parents um, briefly. But then I was like, okay, if I go to the door, are they going to invite me in? So it's like a weird, it's like a scenario where it's like, okay, I give myself a bunch of options where it's like, okay, do I stay in the car? Or do I go to the door? If I stay in the car, what does that scenario look like? If I go to the door, what does that scenario look like? Um, if I go to the door, you know, there's a potential that they will invite me in or maybe they won't invite me on. In. Those are the two scenarios that I'm envisioning in my head. It's like I could be standing there and they could be like, oh, thanks for dropping her off, you know, see you tomorrow or whatever. And then that's that. Or they could be like, do you want to come in? And then it goes to like, okay, if they invite me in, do I say yes or no? If I say no, what do I say? Do I say like, oh, thanks for the invite. I actually like have stuff I, you know, I'm on my way to do or, you know, like I have to think of a thing to say there if I want to decline the invitation to go in or do I want to go in? And I don't know, like, I don't know beforehand because I just, I can't predict how I'm going to feel in that moment. Am I going to want to go in if they invite me? Am I not going to want to go in if they invite me? I don't know. But if I go in, then what? Then what's going to happen? Then what do I say? How long do I stay? Like, I, it's, it's so much. It's so much. So all of this pre-planning in my head 
all of the things that I'm planning ahead of time that I'm like, okay, if I do go in and there is conversation happening, um, let me think of things to say or to ask. Um, you know, I know that this family just, uh, traveled out of the country for a while. And so I'm like, okay, I know that tidbit about them. So I could ask about that. Um, I know they're a family that does jujitsu. I could ask about that. Um, so I'm just like tabulating all of these things in my mind of like, okay, here's, here's topics that I could bring up. So there's no like awkward silences. And then I'm like interested in them. I, you know, I seem interested and stuff. I mean, maybe I am, I am interested, but like, I seem interested. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, so the pre-planning, all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it, all morning. So stressful. It's great. (laughs) So I start, I started also like getting a little annoyed because as much as I try and embrace this stuff about myself, I, I get a little bit annoyed because I'm like, this is taking up so much brain space and I kind of just wish, I wish I could just not, (laughs) I wish I could just know what to do. And it's, it blows my mind that some people don't do this. I mean, most people don't do this, at least not to this extent. Um, you know, the neurotypicals out there, they don't, they just walk in blindly to situations not having pre-planned anything or pre-scripted anything. I just, I don't know. I don't know how they do that. How do you do that? What, how much more time and like space available like I would have so much time to think about other things if I didn't have to think about this kind of stuff so sometimes that gets frustrating to me and I try and stop myself I'm like you know what just take her and go to the door and you know I start getting annoyed at myself and like just go with the flow but my brain will not allow it it won't it just keeps thinking about the thing and forces me to think about it so it's fine Anyway, that's just one of, that's, it is what it is. So we get to the house. I drive her over there. We get to the house. I'm already awkward. I'm already so awkward because this is the point where I like drive up in the driveway and these people have like, okay, so it wasn't going according to how I saw it in my head because in my head I was like, okay, I'll pull up and I'll just take her to the door. Like, that's not weird to walk your kid to the door, right? Even though I wasn't sure because I'm like, she's 13. Should I walk her to the door? I don't know. But I was like, I'll pull up. I'll walk her to the door. I'll just be like, hi, I'm just dropping her off. I felt like it would be weirder to stay in the car. It would. It might seem a little antisocial. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, cool. I'll just get out of the car real quick, walk her to the door. But we pull in the driveway and these people have like a gated driveway. And their front door is a little bit far away behind the gate. And so this threw me off and I'm like, Oh shoot, this is a little more complicated, even though it's really not like looking back, I'm like, it's not just go through the gate and go to the door. But my brain sort of panicked in that moment. Cause I'm like, Oh, this was not what I was expecting. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, I decided that, uh, I was just going to sit awkwardly in the car for a moment. And my daughter's like, what's, should we go in? And I'm like, uh, um, okay. And I was like, uh, yeah, okay. Let's go see if the gate is unlocked. And I'm like, should I text them and be like, hi, we're here or whatever. But then a good thing happened is the daughter who my daughter was having a sleepover with the daughter must've seen that we pulled in and she came out and I was like, Oh, thank God. Okay. So she comes out, she comes over to the gate, she opens it up. I'm standing there with the car door open. I'm standing outside of the car, but the car is still running and the car door is open. And my daughter's like, oh, hi. And they're saying their hellos. And then the mom comes out and then the dad comes out. And then I'm like, okay, my car is still on and my door is still open. And so I, I like go over and, uh, 
you know, do the introduction thing and like, oh, hi, nice to see you again. And like, uh, or like all the, oh, oh yeah, we met a while back, but yeah, it's nice to, yeah, you know, all the things you say. And then I was like, oh my gosh, okay. So my car, I left my car running and my car door wide open and they were like, do you want to come in for a minute? And I'm like, I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Let me go uh, shut off my car. <laughs> so I went over, shut off my car, closed the door. Um, and then I went in and it's a little bit of a blur because the, the dad disappeared and it was just me and the mom and a conversation ensued I mean, we ended up talking for probably a good, like, I don't, I don't know. I have no, I have no concept of time in those situations. It had to be at least 30 minutes, if not like 45 minutes. We just kept, the conversation just kept going and I couldn't tell if she wanted it to keep going there were a couple of times where there was like a lull and I was ready to be like, okay, I'm going to let you get back to your day. I got to go run some errands. That was my exit comment that I had prepared. It was locked and loaded. But every time there would be like a little lull and I would get about ready to say that, she would start talking about something else. She'd be like, oh, da 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 da. And I'm like, okay, maybe she doesn't want me to leave yet. I can't gauge like if this woman is sitting here being like, I just invited this mom in for like a minute and she's staying for like 45 minutes and I wish she would go. But then I'm like, I couldn't get a good like exit point in the conversation because when I was about to, she'd start talking about something else. I'm like, maybe she's social. Like she's trying to be social and she doesn't care that I'm here. I don't know. And then the conversation went weird ways a couple times. I sometimes feel like very, you know, I'm not only different because I'm autistic. I am also different in many ways. Like my family is not a typical family. We're queer. You know, my partner's non-binary. My son is trans. We're vegan. Um, we're all neurodivergent. Um, it's just... It's a mixing pot of unconventionality. It's really just what it is. And um, and sometimes when so many of these things come up in one conversation, like she had said something about my partner um, who back when they met Gray... Gray was still, this was before Gray came out as non-binary. Gray is my partner. If this is the first episode you're listening to, Gray's my partner. They're non-binary. Um, when this mom initially met Gray briefly, again, back in the day when we were doing like jujitsu handoff or whatever, um, Gray was still in their female form. This was before they came out as non-binary and they were still presenting as female and uh, we appeared to be a lesbian couple. And so, uh, this mom said something about she referring to gray and not knowing that this change had happened. And I was like, oh, actually, um, my partner is, is non-binary now, like now presenting as to the world in this way as, as they, them, they use they, them pronouns. And I'm just trying to like figure out a way to like, Cause sometimes inserting that information, cause then people get all weird. Like she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like that. She said, she not, I'm sorry that Gray's non-binary, but she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, sorry, she used the wrong pronoun. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. Like you didn't know. Um, I was just putting that out there. So you, so you know, and like when people apologize for stuff at art, then it makes me feel really awkward and bad that I even like corrected them. <laughs> but I'm like, even though correcting them in that instance is okay. And it's, the prudent thing to do. I can't just go on letting people think that Gray is still a woman. Um, so anyway, awkward moments like that. And like, then there was a moment where she was telling me about the fact that her daughter, um, got diagnosed with ADHD where she said ADD inattentive type. And I was like, Oh, okay. 
it's not really called ADD anymore, but it's fine. Um, but I didn't want to get into like the semantics of all of that. So I just was like, Oh, okay. And I was like, all right, well they have some, you know, her and her and my daughter have something in common then because, um, you know, Danica also has an ADHD diagnosis. Um, we got that around the same time we got her autism diagnosis. And I figured that since I, I just figured she knew this, um, I don't know why I figured that. I just, I don't know. Not that Danica's dad and stepmom go around like telling people she's autistic, but they're pretty close friends with these people. So maybe it's just never came up. I don't know why it would come up actually. I don't know. I don't know. This, this is my bad. I don't know why I assumed she probably knew that. Um, but you know, then you, you drop the word autism in a conversation this is where I'm going with this. You drop the word autism in a conversation and most of the time, 99.9999999% of the time, the demeanor of the person you're talking to changes and the whole tone of everything changes. And that's exactly what happened here. And I don't know if I'll ever get used to this happening or get to the point where it doesn't um, bother me. Uh, because sometimes I forget. So often I forget, which is why I so casually just dropped it into the conversation because in my mind, it's not a big deal, but I forget that to other people, they don't know the things that I know about autism and they're still operating at like a very different level of understanding (laughs) of autism as I am. Uh, so... Anyway, so I, I dropped it casually into the conversation that, oh yeah, we got that diagnosed, Danica's di- um, autism diagnosis at the, around the same time, um, you know, several, several years ago. And I was going to tell a story to her about it. And she was like, oh, and I was like, oh, I was like, did you, oh, uh, you didn't know that Danica's autistic. And she was like, no, oh, I didn't know. And I was like, oh yeah. And she's like, the next thing she said was she goes, oh, well, oh, she's, she's very high functioning. Yeah. So that happened. And I get it. I, I know that people, when they say that, they're trying to let it be known they're trying to reassure you in that moment, essentially, that they don't think your child is weird. Like, oh, it's okay. Your child seems totally normal. Like, it's fine. It's okay. Whereas, like, they they don't realize. It's, you know, it's not the fault of the person. I'm not faulting her. She's a very nice woman, and she's, this is society's problem, because she wasn't saying anything that was like rude. I think she was just trying to be like, oh my gosh, your daughter's so good at being autistic that I didn't even notice. Oh, she's very high functioning. Like, so I don't know when, when comments like that happen, I don't know how to respond really. I had, I had the urge to be like, (sighs) so here's, here's a problem that I have with myself because I really want to be the person who is an educator. I wanted to be like, oh, well, you know what? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we could use the term high functioning, but in the autism realm, like the functioning labels aren't really used anymore. It's all a spectrum. Yes. Um, you know, Danica thrives in a lot of ways. There are a lot of ways that she struggles, a lot of ways that she struggles that people don't see. Um, I wanted to be like, I'm autistic as well. It it can present very differently in, in girls and women and often goes undiagnosed. Like I wanted to start dropping facts and being like, boom, 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 educate, educate, educate. But then in moments like that, I just sort of get so overwhelmed with like, 
awkwardness, I guess. It's just, it feels, the whole thing felt super awkward. I just, if I was a turtle, I would have just like sucked myself fully back into my shell at that moment and just prayed for everything to go away. But I don't have a shell and I'm not a turtle. So I just had to stand there and be like, oh yeah, she is, yeah, she does well in life. And then I just changed the subject. I was like, okay, well, so the reason I was bringing that up is because, and so like I got onto the reason that I was talking about that, which I was telling her about Danica's IEP because she didn't know what that was. And I was like trying to be like, hey, you know, if you're, if your kid has ADHD and is struggling in school, you can get an IEP and they can have like all of these accommodations and blah, blah, blah. And it's like a whole thing. And so I feel like I did, I did educate her about that and inform her about that. So I felt good about it, but, um, I think it comes down to the fact that I never want to seem like I don't I don't I don't even know what it is I I want to be um a person who can who can think on my feet when stuff like that happens and say the right thing and often that doesn't work out that way and afterwards I'm like damn I should have said this this and this and I didn't and I just got really awkward and like changed the subject or retreated back into my shell or whatever and it's fine so anyway the conversation went on and it just kept going on and finally there was a break in in the conversation and I was like you know I've been here a while I'm going to let you get on with your day. I'm sure you have a lot of stuff to do. And she was like, oh, it was great talking to you, though. And I'm like, yeah, it was. And uh, I mean, I didn't say, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great talking to me, wasn't it? (laughs) No, I didn't say that. I was just like, oh, yeah, great talking to you, too. Um, And uh, I left and I did not feel good about myself. (laughs) Not in a way. I just... It's not, let me put that a different way. It's not that I didn't feel good about myself. It's that I, (laughs) I always go into these situations with very high hopes and feeling very prepared. And by the time I leave these types of situations, I feel like a massive social failure. And it helps now. It helps a bit now that I know why I'm like this. And now that I know I'm autistic and I can be like, oh man, I'm just like not good at this and this is why. Um, that's helpful. It is. But it doesn't take these feelings that I have about being so um, socially... I don't know the word. I'll, I'm just going to say on the social interaction struggle bus. (laughs) I'm on the bus and I am struggling. And the whole thing from beginning to end, even before I came into contact with this woman, from the moment the sleepover was confirmed to the next day after I left there, well, I had to go back and pick Danica up the next day, obviously. And I was dreading that. So the whole night after I got home from this woman's house, I you know, I tend to sit and then obsess. I'll sit and think through the conversation and try and um, figure out like the good parts, the bad parts. It's almost like a self-assessment, <laughs> like a post uh, social interaction self-assessment where I'm like, okay, what went well there and what didn't go so well? And what do I feel like I could have done better? And what do I feel like um, I excelled at this time? It's this is also I feel like a very autistic thing where I'm like categorizing um all of the interactions that I had with this woman into different <laughs> um I should make a spreadsheet be like okay here was this interaction let's uh tabulate all of these things and put them in different categories and like I said this and this goes in the awkward category but this goes in the oh you did a good job talking about something in a non-awkward way a category but so I, I got to do that. I got to obsess about it the rest of the day and uh, then the next, then still worry about the next day when I went to get her because I'm like, first of all, I'm like, I'm for sure this woman thinks I'm weird and 
she's probably just like, what now do I have to be friends with this person? Like, this is what I think people think about me, which is a problem. I understand. Um, this probably comes from just growing up, um, you know, when you're a kid and like an adolescent and like a teenager, uh, those experiences inform a lot how you feel as an adult. And I do know that I did have a lot of social problems growing up and, um, finding out that people who I thought liked me didn't like me like these sorts of things were like or people thought I was weird or whatever happened you know um and so I think that has followed me into adulthood so I I know maybe she wasn't thinking that at all but in my mind I'm like this woman thinks I'm weird and if she has friends she's probably talking about me to them (laughs) like She's probably like, this woman just came and dropped her daughter off at my house and she was super weird. That's probably not happening. I'm aware of the fact that that's probably not happening and we're adults and people don't really do that anymore. I don't think. (laughs) I don't know. Or do they? Um, But nevertheless, the, the, the moral of that whole tangent that I just went on is that I obsessed about it the rest of the night. I came home, I thought about it, I thought about it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so weird. Why can't I just be normal? My poor kids, like they've had to deal with me just being the awkwardest mom in the entire world and da 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 da. And what if none of their friends' parents like me? What if they don't? What if my kids suffer because I'm so awkward? All of the things that you think as an autistic parent. <laughs> um, And, uh, so then the next day I went to pick her up, that took a similar amount of pre-planning and scripting and wondering what I should do. Are they going to invite me in again? Which they didn't. Um, they came out, the whole family came outside and they were like, Oh, it was great. And Danica's great. And she's a good kid and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I know she's great. And then, uh, they were like, okay, bye-bye. And then I was like, okay, bye-bye. And I was like relieved that I didn't have to deal with the invite situation, but then also, in my mind, I was like, they didn't really like me because they didn't invite me in a second time. Because if, if they, did I overstay my welcome? Then I start overanalyzing, like, why didn't they invite me in on this day, the second day? Did I overstay my welcome? Was I too weird? Was I too awkward? Do they not like me? Will I never hear from them again? Um, did I wreck Danica's chance at having a best friend? Like all of this stuff going through my mind. This is terrible. This is me, um, really being vulnerable and telling you guys all the awful things that I think about myself sometimes, but these thoughts are there. Like they really happen. And I have to talk myself down off the ledge and be like, you know what? You're weird and it's fine. Like I really just try so hard to embrace my awkwardness and my my weirdness and my unconventionalness and it's it's not easy sometimes in these situations where you look around and it seems that everyone around you aka all of the other moms seem to have it figured out and to me I'm like I've had many many years to figure this out and I haven't figured it out by now So it probably means I'm never going to be a social mom, which, you know, it's hard sometimes. It is hard. Um, Even though, you know, I don't think that's even really what I want to be, but uh, it makes me feel like... um, Like, I'm not living up to the mom standard. (laughs) You know, it makes me feel like I'm falling short in some way as a mom. Um, My daughter's stepmom is very, like I said, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, she's very social. She has a lot of friends. She has a lot of, like, she's one of those moms who, like, knows other moms at the school and, like, talks to the teachers and stuff. And I just, oh my god, that's another thing. I went to my daughter's back-to-school night 
And uh, this is where you go through, she's in junior high now, so you go to the school and you go through each of their classrooms and you sit in there and the teacher gives you a little spiel and then you go to the next period. You go to period one and then second period and then third period and you spend like 10 or 15 minutes in each classroom, you know, sort of just like going over the syllabus and the expectations and all the things and like, I didn't say a single word to any of those teachers Um, and we met back up with with Danica's stepmom because Danica's stepbrother goes to the same school. They're in the same grade. And so she went to his classrooms and I went to Danica's classrooms, Gray and I did. And, uh, she came back with a bunch of stories and info about like, Oh, I talked to this teacher and I said this and da da da, and I asked about this. And I was like, she's like, fill me in on Danica's side. And I'm like, well, I didn't talk to anyone. And she just sort of, she laughed. She knows that I got an autism diagnosis and she knows how I am like socially. So she just sort of like laughed and she's like, yeah, I'm not surprised you didn't talk to anybody. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't talk to any of those teachers. Like I don't want to talk to people. I'm just, but then in my mind, I'm like other parents are like going to the teachers and they're asking questions and they're interacting and they're introducing themselves and they're like, Oh, hi, I'm so-and-so and and da 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 And I know the things to say and how to say them. And I'm not awkward. And I'm just like, go in sit there, listen. And then I'm like, okay, get me out of here. Get me to the next thing. The lights in here are bright. There are a lot of people. That woman in the back was like coughing and sneezing this whole time. I just want to get out of this room. So, uh, it's a very different experience for me than it is for other parents. Um, probably most other parents, there's gotta be other autistic parents out there. Maybe they're out there and they just maybe don't know it. I don't know, but I can't be the only one. Uh, But it does at times feel like every single person and every single parent especially has it figured out and uh, I'm the one who just sort of doesn't and, you know, this all comes back to societal expectations and norms and us sort of looking around and feeling like we should be a certain way or we should do a certain thing or we should know how all of this stuff works and, uh, you know, as an autistic person... That's just not something that comes naturally to me. None of this is in this realm. And uh, I feel like the the main issue is that I worry about how how it ultimately affects my kids. My son has grown now, so it doesn't really affect him uh, that much. But it did as he was growing up, you know, having a... Um, a mom who's on the spectrum and luckily both of my kids are I mean my daughter is diagnosed autistic and my son um is not diagnosed but we've pretty much self-diagnosed him by this point I always joke with him about his autism and like he's very he's very sure um we're trying to get him for an assessment because he really also wants to have like that validation of a of a diagnosis but he's definitely yeah (laughs) so um I feel like having autistic kids um, helps because I feel like we can all understand each other a little bit better. You know what I mean? Um, so it's fine, right? It's fine. I'm awkward. It's okay. I'm saying that with words. I'm saying I'm, it's okay, but like it it does, it gets to me sometimes. It gets to me because I, as much as I love that I'm autistic, I do. Like, I've really embraced it. This is who I am. This is how I am. Um, there are moments where I wish my brain could... I wish I could just, like, flip it for a moment. Like, there was a switch. And I could just flip into neurotypical mode for a moment. When I'm dropping my kid off at a sleepover, for example. Just like flip into neurotypical mode. Know what to say. Know what to do. Know all of the things. Come off real good to the other parents. And then I can get back in my car and go back to being autistic. <laughs> like, But that's not how it goes. So, you know, we just have to all be forgiving of ourselves, right? And I'm going to wrap this up because man, I've been rambling on about this for a long time, but I really needed to get it out. So thank you. If you've held on for, it's been nearly 45 minutes now of me talking about this. Thank you. Uh, 
because oh this podcast does really help me when I get to sit down and just like da da la 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 blah blah and that's me like just word vomiting all of this stuff out of my brain and just getting it out there and getting it into the ears of people who I know understand I know that most if not all of you guys listening out there are autistic or neurodivergent you know in some way to where like you understand this content and that's why you're listening and you you know where I'm coming from here so that's very helpful to me and it's good to know that I'm not alone anymore in all of this and thank you thank you thank you um universe or whatever happened for bringing this autism knowledge to me because it really does help to know that this is this is why I am the way I am but I'll wrap it up by saying one thing that does make me feel better um when I am feeling like a terribly awkward turtle is thinking of the people who are who I I don't want to say that are in my life because these people aren't in my life. There are people in the media who are awkward, who I deeply relate to and find delightful. And a lot of other people find delightful who are terribly awkward and uncomfortable people. And I think of them and I'm like, you know what, if they're terribly awkward and I love them and other people love them and just look at them as like I don't know I don't know I this is a weird thing this is I feel like this is a weird concept are you guys following I'll give an example so um one of the people who makes me feel better about my awkwardness is that actor Josh Thomas if you don't know who Josh Thomas is please go follow him on Instagram um he is the one who he's an actor he's an Australian actor and he was in um the shows please like me and everything's gonna be okay and he created both of those shows and starred in both of those shows he's autistic he is extremely awkward his character in both of those shows is very awkward but I have a feeling that those characters are very similar to just who he is in real life because if you follow him on Instagram and you see his posts he's just a weirdo he is a weirdo and and I say that in like the best way because I freaking love him and so I guess what I'm trying to say is when I'm feeling like the most awkward weirdo and I'm like, I am so weird. Why can't I get things right? Why can't I be just a regular, regular person? Then I'll look at someone like Josh Thomas and all of his quirks and weird energy and like autisticness just like flowing out of him. And he is a delight. And I'm like, you know, if he's delightful, then maybe so am I. And there's nothing wrong with being unconventional and there's nothing wrong with being weird. And the people who think that there is something wrong with being unconventional or weird are not the people who I need around me anyway. And so there we are. You know, maybe this is a sign that it's time for me to rewatch those shows because I knew when I watched those shows, please like me. And everything's going to be okay. I think they're, I believe they're both still on Hulu. I knew I'm like, oh, these are rewatch shows. I'm going to rewatch these at some point, probably multiple times, especially please like me. I liked everything's going to be okay also, but please like me. I just, I related to Josh in that, in that show so much. It's just like, so it's just great. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'll rewatch those shows right now. I'm rewatching free solo. Um, my favorite documentary. Uh, I gotta say it's one of my favorite documentaries. I can't really pick a favorite documentary of all time, but, um, I've watched Free Solo a million times. I need to talk more about Free Solo, but I'm not going to do it right now because I'm already almost like 50 minutes into this podcast episode and I can't. Um, so I'm obviously feeling very talkative today. I have all this nervous energy that I think is just from all of the stuff that's going on in my life. And, I'm just blabbing on and on. So anyway, I do, I have like a test to study for and I really didn't have time to record for an hour this morning, but 
okay, it's been almost that long and whatever. I don't know. Okay, guys. Oh, Lord, help me. See, I'm doing it right now. I'm being very awkward. You guys understand, though. It's fine. You like me anyway. Please like me, like the show says. Um, yeah, okay. I'm going to stop talking now. This is just, this is the end of it. I keep saying I'm going to stop and then I don't stop. And so I'm going to stop now. Oh, but let me say all the things first that I need to say at end of episodes. Um, the Patreon. Uh, it's $5 a month. We're having a good time over there on the Discord. If you sign up for Patreon, it gives you access to our Discord community, which is basically, if you don't know what Discord is, it's just like a community little chat area, chat room. Uh, chat room, is that me showing my age? There's not a chat room. It's not a chat room. <laughs> That was in the 90s. It's a, it's a, you know, you guys know what I'm trying to say. Oh my God, I'm running out of words. It's a platform. That's what I, that's the word I was trying to look for in my brain. Okay. It is a online platform where you join and we talk and it's all other listeners of the show and we're starting to have a pretty good little little hefty community over there and it's great and we talk about fun things and we're supportive of each other and uh we do fun things like have movie nights we've had two movie nights so far and I'm planning another event that's gonna it's a virtual event that's gonna happen soon where we're all gonna get together and do like a like a special interest show and tell sort of thing it's gonna be really fun and like I don't know it's just a really positive group of people and I'm really enjoying all of that that's going on over there so yeah if you want to join the patreon five dollars a month it helps me out it helps keep the show going um and uh gets you access to like some fun stuff and a and a good group of people that are also neurodivergent so there's that if you uh want to reach out to me personally i always put my email in the show notes you can also follow on instagram and i haven't said this in a while but uh, another way you can support the show is by leaving a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. I know not many of the podcast apps let you leave reviews, but I know for sure Apple Podcasts lets you leave a star rating and a review, and Spotify now lets you leave a star rating. And those types of things really help the podcast grow too. And so if you have a moment, just go tippity-tap over on those five stars for me, would ya? Um, yeah. Okay, that's really it. This is really the end now. I need to think of like a good like way to end podcasts. All good podcasters have a way that they like consistently end their episodes. And I just, I've dropped the ball. We're on episode, we're a lot of episodes in now and I've just been dropping the ball. But maybe you guys like my awkward endings. Maybe I'll just keep them. Okay, I'm done now. I hope you guys have a great day. That's it. Goodbye.